Do you get anxiety thinking about public speaking, performing, posting online, or doing the thing you really want to do because you're afraid of the judgments of others? If so, this episode is for you. Hello and welcome to Big Lash Energy. I'm your host, Jaina Marie. If you've been following me for a while, you might be asking yourself, where the hell does she get off giving advice about this? I realize I post confidently on my social media, I'm unafraid of public speaking, and hell, I have a podcast where I share all my biggest secrets with strangers all around the world. What the hell could I know about social anxiety? Well, first of all, I've been on stages my whole life. I was in traveling drama teams, I've done musicals, I was in pageants, all very confidently. I'd never really given much weight to what other people thought of me. Of course, I acknowledge that there are people out there who didn't like me, but I wasn't too pressed about them at all. I was mostly concerned with just doing my best because I've always been my own harshest critic. But then something changed. I went through a very traumatic event that suddenly had me hyper-focused on what other people thought of me. I faced a period of extreme social anxiety that had me crippled, but since then, I've made a comeback, and I'd love to share the mindset shifts that helped me do just that. The days of us playing small are over, my friend, because today, we're talking about how to go from intimidated to exhilarated by the thought of putting yourself out there. Here are four tips on how to drop the weight of other people's opinions. And if you ask me, that is the best kind of weight to lose. Let's get right into it, shall we? Welcome to Big Lash Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses, and laughing at ourselves along the way. <laughs> now, here's your favorite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That was the jam when I was a kid. Did you hear this one too? It was a lovely little surface level defense mechanism that I was taught to help me deal with shitty kids on the playground. If a mean girl or a boy said something cruel, that would be my response, whether I said it out loud or just in my head. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Strangely, however, at the end of the day, I wasn't lying in my bed thinking about how I'd scraped my knee chasing a boy or hurt myself playing dodgeball. I was thinking about how that one girl said I'd be a lot prettier if my teeth were straight. If you didn't know, before I had braces, I had really messed up teeth. (laughs) Words do matter. The opinions of other people can hurt a lot and often linger for a long time after they've been said. As much as we want to say the things like, if they're not paying my bills, then I'm not paying attention to their opinions, still, we let the fear of what people will think of us stop us from doing what we really want to do. I've talked to plenty of people afraid to post on social media because they're afraid of what people will think, which can be extra detrimental when you're a business and you're not promoting yourself. There's also been friends of the bride who've told me, I want to give a speech, but I can't stand up in front of all those people. And countless brides have told me they're anxious for their wedding because they don't like being the center of attention. Clearly, the opinion of other people matters. I'm going to tell you a little story about Jaina a few years ago. This isn't something that I like talking about, but I learned a lot from it. Back then, I went out to lunch with a man who told me he was separated from his wife. I was tired, I'd been working all day, and so I was super relieved when my food finally came to the table. Only a couple minutes later, a woman entered the restaurant and I watched as she made a beeline right for me. 
Her body language was aggressive as she stood at the table towering over me and said, Hi. I had no idea who she was, but I said hi back. Maybe she was one of my future brides and she recognized me, but I didn't recognize her. Then she said, So you're the slut. Uh, crazy bitch, say what? Can't say anyone has ever said hello to me that way before. I was shocked and confused, and to be honest, at this point, I still had no idea who she was or why she was up in my face. It was like two o'clock in the afternoon, so she wasn't drunk, and I swore I'd never seen her before. (sighs) Anyways, I think she was annoyed that I was too shook to respond, so she got aggressive. She dumped my glass of water all over me and my food, turning my salad into a watery soup, and then pushed my purse onto the floor, spilling the cash that I'd made that day everywhere. Shocked, I said, who are you? She proceeded to tell me that she was his wife. And that I should have known. Of course, he'd told me they weren't together anymore. How the hell was I supposed to know he was lying? I didn't even really want to be at lunch with him. He'd just asked me so many times and I'd finally given in. You know how I like to preach about how you should always listen to your gut? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, this this would have been been a really really good good time for that. I noticed she was holding her phone super weird. It was flat against her chest and pointed at me. That's when it dawned on me. Oh, shit. What if she's recording this? I decided I was going to be as normal as possible, hoping to calm her down. That's when I switched into Dr. Phil mode, trying to defuse the situation. I leaned across the table and said, what are you trying to accomplish right now? (laughs) But she wasn't having it. Her eyes locked on him and she said, so do you want to fuck her? And he confidently and nonchalantly said, yeah, I do. Pretty bold, buddy. Not going to lie. Just off the top of my head, I could probably think of about 300 responses that would have been better than that one, but (laughs) there we were. Now, she was super pissed. So she reached across the table, punched him in the face, and ripped his shirt open. The manager came running over and said, I obviously have to ask you guys to leave. Which was a giant relief to me, because Lord knows I didn't want to be there. Anyways, the guy threw a bunch of money on the table and they left. I stayed behind for a bit trying to clean up the money that had spilled everywhere. As I looked up, I saw a table of women who were staring at me in absolute disbelief. I mean, come on, it was two o'clock in the afternoon. I shrugged and tried to joke it off by saying, bitches be crazy, because I had no idea what. I was in for. As I walked out of the restaurant, she proceeded to stay yelling at me. Didn't you know he was married? You should have known. Maybe next time you should do your research. She was calling me names like homewrecker and a slut and a whore. And I walked home with the sounds of her in the background in complete disbelief of what had just happened. By the time I got in the door of my place, my phone was ringing off the hook. Gina, 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 what's this video I just saw? Well, It turns out she had been recording and she'd gone online immediately and made a Facebook group called Jaina Marie Makeup and Hair. Yes, she used my business name, caught cheating with my husband. She was adding people to that group at warp speeds. Every time I refreshed, there was another 50 to 100 people added. I couldn't believe it. She then proceeded to post it on YouTube, Instagram, cheaters.com, everywhere. And when I tell you this video went viral... That That is an understatement. understatement. Now, if I'm being completely honest, there was a lot of hype around this video for the fact that it was just two people sitting at lunch with a crazy lady yelling at them. I honestly almost wish it was a sex tape so it would have been worth all the hype. But of course, with the titles saying Jaina Marie makeup and hair caught cheating, it caught people's attention. 
Now, the worst part about all this is that she and her husband are South Asian. And in the South Asian community, word spreads very quickly. And because I was the white woman who was seemingly breaking up a marriage and I worked in the wedding industry, people were heavily invested. The video was spread among WhatsApp groups, sent via text, links were posted everywhere. And now, everywhere I went, people knew me as the The girl girl from from the the video. video. People commented on my photos on my Instagram, calling me a homewrecker. I had paragraphs sent to me about how disgusting I was. Someone sent me a long letter saying I deserved to die of AIDS. And someone else said they hoped I rotted alone and that my body would be eaten by rats. There were memes made of me. And I even had men reaching out from India saying, I'm tired of my wife. Will you sleep with me and ruin my marriage too? It was clear that rhyme that I'd been told as a kid was a lie. Those words hurt me. These weren't just strangers online. These were people in the community that I worked in, the community that I loved. So while usually going to work would be a nice escape from whatever it was I was going through in my personal life, now this drama was a topic of conversation everywhere I went. Almost every single client who sat in my chair would say something like, So I saw the video. Or, Hey, that lady in the video was crazy, huh? It even affected the other women on my team. Everywhere they went, people would ask for the tea. I had clients emailing saying they wanted to cancel their bookings with me because their friends and family were saying I might try to steal their husbands. Oh, and let's not forget the 2,000 new followers I got on Snapchat in only 24 hours. It was brutal. One woman reached out to hear my side of the story. And when I asked how she heard about it, she said her dental hygienist told her while she was getting her teeth cleaned. I had a destination wedding I was booked for with a South Asian couple shortly after this happened. We had a VIP check-in for the group. So the whole bridal party was in a smaller lobby. I remember feeling like the walls were closing in on me, that the room was getting smaller and smaller and I was getting less oxygen. Had these people seen the video? Had some of them messaged me saying hurtful things? Did they think I was a homewrecker or a slut? My heart started to race and then it hit me. I don't have to check in right now. I stood up and I ran from that lobby straight to the ocean where I could finally breathe. I could finally breathe. Yep, it happened. For the first time in my life, I had social anxiety. And I wasn't being overly dramatic or anything. Even later on in that booking, I'd finished the bride's hair and makeup and one of her friends approached me in the hallway of the resort and said, Hey, you know, everybody here knows you're a slut, but at least you're good at hair and makeup. (laughs) The bride, who knew what I'd been going through, told me that that woman had actually just the night before given a blowjob to a guy that she had just met in the hot tub. I'm not here to judge, but those in glass houses, right? (laughs) Now... Everywhere I went, I felt like people knew who I was and were judging me. Suddenly, I was afraid of somebody looking at me. I didn't want to be around large groups of people. I was afraid of even dating someone in my own city because I felt like if I was seen on a date, someone would see me and think, See? I knew she was a slut. A few months later, I went to a Bruno Mars concert with my actual boyfriend that I had at the time, feeling like people were taking pictures of me and going to post them online and the whole thing would start all over again. I'm giving you the Coles Notes version because I have so much more to get into in this episode, but this really was one of the hardest things I've ever been through. I realized at some point that if people were going to be watching me, 
I'd better give them a show. So I decided that I would just be me doing the best makeup and hair that I could. And maybe people would see that I was just a passionate makeup artist who loves what I do and loves on the people around me. At one point, I recorded a video response that also went viral. This whole story was so relevant at the time that somebody actually screen recorded that snap story and posted it on YouTube for others to share. Anyways, once I finally told my side, some people came forward in support. Initially, I felt the need to explain myself to everyone in my chair. I wanted to tell the whole story to anyone who would listen so that they would know that I wasn't all the things that they'd heard about me. I was trying to single-handedly get my reputation back, but it became exhausting and eventually I had a change of plans. I can't control what everybody thinks of me. So I leaned on my favorite quote, never Never explain explain yourself yourself to anyone. anyone. The ones who love you don't need it and the ones who don't won't believe you anyways. I learned a lot from this whole situation, but the most important thing would be that you are the same you regardless of what anyone else thinks. I was who I was before all this happened and I'm still the same me after. It felt like an entire city switched on me, but guess what? I'm still standing. Of course, words still hurt, but I don't give nearly as much weight to criticism from others, especially not strangers. I know that a stranger's opinion of me doesn't make or break who I am or my success, and I'm certainly not going to live my life tiptoeing around worrying about what others might think. In fact, I went from being terrified of anyone seeing me out with my actual boyfriend to telling stories about dating multiple people at the same time and hiring escorts for my man. This podcast is kind of a middle finger to all that judgment that I felt. Now, when someone hits me up with some dumb shit, I get so much less bent out of shape. Because of course it still hurts when someone sends harsh criticism or sends something unkind, but now I have the confidence that I've made it through so much worse and survived. So my first piece of advice is, of course, you are the same you, regardless of what anyone else thinks. Secondly, some people will hate you for the same reasons others will love you. And it rarely has to do with you. With you. A few months back, I did an interview on an episode of a very popular podcast called What Was That Like? The host, Scott Johnson, has all kinds of guests on his show to tell their wild and crazy stories. He's had someone on his show who lost his leg to a shark, someone else who was in the Twin Towers when they went down, and even a woman whose job it is to be a bridesmaid. I submitted to tell my story of how a gunman derailed all the plans in my wedding by holding the hotel that I was in hostage. I tell the story in the episode, does this bulletproof vest go with my wedding dress? Anyways, I did my thing, I told my story, and his listeners chimed in saying what they thought about it in his Facebook community. It was so cool reading all the feedback and interacting with fans of his show. Apparently, everyone really liked the episode, and the number one comment that I received was that people loved my positive outlook and upbeat personality. I responded to everyone and thanked them for their feedback. Some of the comments were, This woman is pure joy. It was really nice to hear someone so positive amongst all the heavier episodes. Someone else said, Her personality is infectious. I was thinking she could be anyone's hype person, and then it turns out that she really is. I'm sure people are happier just being around her. What a great story. Another comment said, Her spirit and energy are like a breath of fresh air. Then, someone's message caught me by surprise. She said, Thank goodness no one was harmed. As I listened to this podcast, I was shocked at how happy and gleeful Jaina was the entire time. It's just a weird vibe for me for something so serious as a gunman taking over the lobby. Thank goodness no one was hurt. 
I mean, of course, she's not really taking into consideration that I was telling the story 12 years later from the comfort of my safe home, nowhere near a gunman and with a totally different perspective. And even at the time, there was so much police presence that there wasn't really a reason for me to be afraid. They took every precaution to make sure everyone was safe. But my point is the reviews of me on Scott's Facebook group were a really great reminder that it's impossible to make everyone happy. The same reason some people will like you is the exact same reason other people won't. And it usually has to do more with them than you. So I'm not going to be less happy to make someone like her feel more comfortable with herself, right? A little while ago, I put a post up on my Instagram showing the importance of good lighting when you take a photo. So in the reel, I took a picture of myself with barely any makeup on and without a filter in bad light. For the record, (laughs) I looked like Gollum. Then I posted a picture of myself with barely any makeup on and good light. And finally, a picture of me with the same amount of makeup and a filter on. It was clear that I looked the best without a filter and in good lighting. Anyways, it was a vulnerable thing to do, posting myself without all the usual stuff that I feel more confident to show up online with. And then a chick commented, okay, but let's be honest, you don't really look like that in real life. I was confused. What the hell did she mean? I was literally showing what I looked like without much makeup on, no filters and bad lighting. I had really put myself out there. I thought her comment was hilarious. So I posted a screenshot of it on my story. And one of my friends hit me up saying, oh my gosh, that person is using a photo of my friend as her profile pic. So in other words, someone calling me out for not really looking like myself online was messaging from a whole catfish account. She had an entirely different person as her photo. She was putting her own insecurities onto me. I was confident enough to show what I looked like, even if it wasn't flattering, while she didn't even feel comfortable showing her actual face. Psst, honey. Your insecurities are showing. A miserable person might not like that you're happy. An insecure person might not like that you've recently lost weight. Someone who's having marriage problems might hate on your good relationship, while someone who's just called off a wedding might find it hard to be excited about yours. Someone who's broke might not be excited that you have a new designer handbag, and a person with no ambition is going to have a hard time celebrating your wins with you. Everybody looks at your life with their own lens. If what you do somehow triggers them, it's not not a you problem, honey. And I'll tell you one thing, happy, confident, successful people don't go around putting people down. They're usually too concerned with what they're doing to do that. So now if some troll comes crawling out of the bushes to impart their opinion onto my hard work, I think to myself, oh, I hope you heal from whatever's breaking you right now. One thing I know for sure is I'm not going to stop everything I'm doing or slow my progress for that one grumpy Gus in the audience. It's impossible to make everyone happy. Thirdly, it takes guts to put yourself out there and it's something that should be celebrated. The way I see it, in this world, we have content creators and content appreciators. So on Instagram, for example, there are people like me who are constantly creating content for people to enjoy. We're filming, editing, searching for things to post or adventures to bring you on. I'm putting myself out there to be criticized every day. Now, because I'm busy creating content, I'm not often watching it. I haven't seen any of the TikTok trends or anything like that because it's just not my focus. Then there are content appreciators. These are typically people who enjoy scrolling TikTok, Instagram, watching all the content, but these people rarely post. They often have private accounts because they don't want the public seeing their lives or they'd rather watch than put themselves out there. Of course, we need each other. Neither is more important than the other. However, it's safe to say that someone who's sitting back and watching has no idea what it takes to be the one creating. 
the time it takes, the heart, the love you put into it, but still (laughs) they'll criticize. For example, I don't like Drake's new album is typically a comment made by someone who's never released an album. In fact, I'm one of them. I posted a video of my living room the other day and a guy responded by saying, are those leopard print chairs really a thing? I responded by saying, I'd love to judge your home decor choices, but you've never even posted the inside of your home for people to criticize or even your face for that matter. Nobody watching from the stands knows what it's like to be in the middle of the bullfight, but they'll say what they thought the competitors should have done anyways. There's no point dulling your sparkle for the opinions of anyone who has no idea how hard it is to do what it is you're trying to do. I've received some pretty harsh feedback from my podcast before, and I remember sharing it with a friend of mine who said, Um, so how successful is that person's podcast? Good question. Most people in the audience are either cheering for you, jealous, or glad they're not you because they'd never want to be the center of attention. So just do you. Now for the last point, and the one that I think is the most interesting. In fact, this takes up a lot of real estate in my mind. I think about this one often. There are infinite versions of you that exist in the minds of everyone you've ever encountered. I'm going to say that again. There are infinite versions of you that exist in the minds of every single person you've encountered. Everyone you've talked to, walked past, interacted with has an opinion of who they think you are and most of them have been completely wrong. For example, there was one time I was sitting at the lobby lounge at the Pacific Rim Hotel. It's a gorgeous hotel that serves delicious cocktails and sushi. And I was just sitting there minding my own business after a meeting. And this gentleman came up to me and said, um, just so you know, the four guys back there are all arguing over which one gets to hire you tonight. Yeah. So I guess these four guys were all under the impression that I was an escort because I guess I was a nicely dressed, well put together woman sitting in a hotel lobby. They're completely wrong. Anyways, I responded to the guy by saying, well, you can let them know that the joke's on them because I actually have sex with people for free. (laughs) Anyways, that same night, I'm sitting at the same bar. And before I left, this guy catches my attention and goes, hey, excuse me, ma'am, I can't let you leave without getting your number because I've really got a thing for Asian women. So in one moment, while I'm sitting at this same bar, one group of guys thinks I'm an escort and another guy thinks I'm Asian. Both are completely wrong. But can I control what these people think of me or who they think I am? No, I can't. Even people close to me have it mixed up sometimes. I remember my three friends planning my stay get. They were all from different parts of my life, so they all disagreed on what I would want based on the version of me that they knew. One time I was in a Sephora and this woman approached me and said, oh my gosh, are you Jana Marie? I love your podcast. I love your makeup. And she was like really gassing me up. It was so sweet. But at that exact moment, I got a message from my sister saying that some spammy text messages had been sent to her from my phone. It actually said something like I was a Punjabi slut with a whole bunch of like flags and squirt emojis and stuff. Super weird, but it came from my phone. So I'm freaking out in this moment thinking that my phone has been hacked. Then I tried to smile at her and say, oh, thank you so much. But then like two seconds later, I got a text message from my client that day saying I was 20 minutes late. There'd been a total misunderstanding in terms of what time I was supposed to be with her. So here I am standing in the Sephora, finding out that my phone had been hacked at the same time that I found out I'm also late for my appointment. So this woman is here saying all these beautiful things to me. And I'm like, I'm really sorry, but I have to go. And I just peaced out on her. Now, from her impression, I'm a total thoughtless, ungrateful bitch. I'd like to think that I'm actually not. But like I said, every single person who's interacted with you has a different impression of who you are in their minds. 
Now, could you imagine if we tried to control that opinion in the minds of every single person making assumptions about us? It would be exhausting. I don't have the time for that, and I don't think you do either. I'm not an Asian woman, I'm not an escort, I'm not a homewrecker, and I'm not a bitch, but people are going to think whatever they're going to think about me, and there's nothing I can do about it. The only opinions that matter to me are the ones of the people who know me and love me, and the ones of the clients who've booked me because they put their trust in me, and they paid me good money, and I really want them to have enjoyed their time with me, but those are the only people who really matter. Anyone else, I, I can't control it. So why should I lose sleep over it? It's the same for you. If I'm coming from a confident place, sure of who I am, what I represent, and what my role is on this planet, I should be 0% concerned with the opinions of those who don't really know me. And the way I see it is, if somebody believes some shitty thing they've heard about me, they were looking for a reason not to like me anyways. And in that case, they're not my people. I say, throw yourself out there, say the speech, dance the dance, sing the song, say the poem, do the things you want to do because life is short. And when you miss out on those things, you miss out on a beautiful opportunity to shine, to sparkle, to show the world who you are. And we don't want you hiding your sparkle for anybody. We said a lot today. So I'm going to do a quick recap. Number one, you are the same you no matter what else anybody else thinks. Number Number two, two, some people are going to love you for the same reason others will hate you. And it rarely has to do with you. It's impossible to make everybody happy. Number three, it takes guts to put yourself out there. And it's something that should be celebrated. And lastly, there are infinite versions of you that exist in the minds of everyone you encounter. And it would be exhausting to try and control every one of those opinions. I've gone from hiding in my shell to screaming my craziest stories into a microphone for all to hear. If I can go from being afraid of everyone to hosting parties full of people I don't even know and telling my stories to the world, you can post that selfie, get on that stage, sing that song, and do it unapologetically. If you know someone who could use a little BLE in their life, could you pretty please share this episode with them? I hear every time you do, somebody sings a song at the top of their lungs totally unafraid of who hears it. It's true. Thanks again for listening. I hope you have the most amazing weekend. Until we meet again, please go be your most fabulous self and don't forget to spread that badass big lash energy everywhere you go. Thanks so much. Goodbye. Girl, you're like a superhero. I-